This is the Straight Truth Podcast, biblical answers to difficult questions from a Christian worldview. Okay, Pastor, there's a text in the Old Testament that gets brought up all the time. You hear this from Christians, you hear it from politicians, you hear it from the Jerry Falwells of the world, uh, I don't know, online preachers, YouTube preachers, you hear this all the time. It's this text from 2 Chronicles 7, 14, and this is what God is saying. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, the prophet says, and I will, for, or through God the yeah. prophet, and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now, this especially comes up in American contexts, mm. right? Because there are, you know, Christians often feel like they're oppressed in America. We have great liberties and great blessings from the Lord here, but there's a kind of passive suffering that happens among Christians. And you also look around the lay of the land and there's debauchery and sin everywhere from the highest level to the lowest. Yeah. And so there is a, a kind of prayer that we often want to pray that God would heal this land. Right. Turn from our wicked ways, repent, and may God do great blessings here. Will the lost be saved? All of those things. Um, and this can be applied in a positive way and in a, in a, in a, in a wrongful way too. Yeah. So I wonder, what do you say when you hear this text or what do you hear? How do you interpret this? If Americans rep repent like Nineveh, yeah. will God promise to fix the nation and yeah. turn it in a better direction? Yeah, no, the answer to that is no. And, and um, you know, we, we've got to remember the context for any verse that we read. This hermeneutics gets driven home to us again and again how important how we handle the scriptures uh, really, really, really is. Because if you mishandle verses, you're going to be left with misunderstanding. And so the, the context for Second Chronicles is the people of God, Israel. This is a nation that God chose for himself to serve as a light to the nations. Through that nation, till the coming of his son, they're going to be the, the primary means that he uses to, to disseminate truth to the world. And there are promises made to that nation regarding obedience to the covenant that he's made with them. There are curses pronounced upon that nation if they violate the covenant. And uh, along with those curses, the promise of returned blessing if there's repentance. And that's, that's the context for such a statement. If, if there's the recognition by the people of God that they have gone astray, that they have sinned against their God, and they turn to God with an honest heart and repent of their sins, he is merciful to them. He, he will turn to them. He will bless them. That's the context for it. So what, what would be wrong is to assume that the United States has a relationship to God that uh, matches that of Israel. Mm -hmm. That's wrong. Yeah. It would be wrong to think that just because God's people in a particular nation have a heart of penitence toward God, it guarantees the healing of their land. I mean, there are faithful believers in wayward nations all over the planet. Some of those nations end up going out of existence. They're conquered. God didn't heal them because the faithful people of God were praying for their, for their nation. But let's talk also about a right application of such a verse. Mm -hmm. You know, should we care that God is honored beyond our own life? We should. We should care about the glory of God. And that includes how, how people regard our God throughout the land. Is it wrong to have a heart for the nation you live in? Mm. Uh, not at all. We mm. should have a heart for the nation that we mm -hmm. live in. Is it, is it wrong to desire, I'm thinking about 1 Timothy 2, mm. that people in places of authority would be converted, 
that we would live in a land that's more favorable toward the gospel. Is there anything wrong with that desire? Not at all. Should we pray for that? Yes, we should. That's First Timothy 2. We're praying mm-hmm. for the salvation, the conversion of people in places of, of high authority. Nothing wrong with that. Is it also right to recognize that not just with Israel, but any nation, a nation finds blessing where there's righteousness and a nation finds destruction where there's sin, mm-hmm. right? So I'm thinking now about Proverbs 14:34, yeah, yeah. which says righteousness exalts a nation, mm-hmm. but sin is a reproach to any people. I love that. So mm-hmm. he's not just talking about Israel. Yeah. What exalts a nation? Righteousness. What destroys mm-hmm. a nation? Sin. So it's not wrong for us to recognize that and to pray for our nation. Lord, would you send a great awakening? Would you send mm-hmm. revival to this nation, especially a nation with such a history, with the gospel as our nation has had in its very beginnings? Not wrong to pray that, but to take Second Chronicles 7.14 as a promise that if we pray and if we repent, if the church gets right, then the nation is going to be healed. I do not believe we have a promise to claim there. I don't think that's what Second Chronicles 7.14 is referring to. Okay, so uh, America is not a Christian nation. Mm-hmm. God is not going to fix the nation if right. we, uh, if we, um, I guess, collectively uh, seek His face and turn from wicked ways. But you're saying that there are benefits, and um, and maybe, maybe you're saying too. This is where what I'm, what I'm actually getting at: that if the Christian people within a nation are um, turning from wicked ways, yeah. repenting, living faithfully in the world, preaching the gospel, tr- seeking the conversion of the lost, and building up good biblical churches, that there will be practical benefits even within a nation. Oh, there that, will, that. without question. I, so, so taking a cup, couple of other elements from what we're talking about, I think it's right that the church should ask, the problems in our nation right now, how many of those problems are due to an unfaithful church? Mm-hmm. I mean, where have, oh, yeah. we, where have we gone astray? Yeah. I mean, let's begin with us. Mm-hmm. A judgment begins at the house of God. So yeah. where have we gone astray? I think it's the right thing to think about. And so repentance is is something that's fitting for the church when it's in a in a nation that is on a on a decline on a slide. But to guarantee, I think what I'm getting at, Josh, is to mm-hmm. think that if the churches all got right, mm-hmm. the nation would then be guaranteed mm-hmm. healing, and mm-hmm. that's that that is not true. Mm-hmm. You have faithful churches in wayward lands Mm -hmm. all over the planet. And I think where this has come into play is, whether wittingly or unwittingly, whether formal or informally, people have begun to think of the United States like another Israel. And so so we're a nation that, I've even heard people talk about the Constitution being inspired, you know. It's just, it's madness. It's not biblical, it's not right. Mm -hmm. So we're not the new Israel, the, the United States of America, we are not. Hmm. The Lord's church is His church. The nation is the nation. As you said, it's not a Christian nation. It ought to be obvious to us that it's not. So what are we called to be? Faithful as the Lord's church in Mm -hmm. the midst of an unbelieving world, which includes our own nation. Mm -hmm. And then may the Lord use His church Mm -hmm. to transform society. Yes, Mm -hmm. amen. And if that means that the nation takes on a more favorable atmosphere for the church, then that's, that's a wonderful Result. That's a wonderful fruit. First Timothy two, that we might live peaceful and godly lives. Mm. You know, right now, that's that's a wonderful result. If the nation is more favorable toward the church, mm. but it's not something we're guaranteed. Should Christians actively seek to work for the betterment of Christians in in the nation? Oh, of course. Yeah, we have not. We, so we look at the New Testament, and we have multiple responsibilities in every realm of life. And one of those is citizenship. Mm-hmm. So, you know, paying our taxes, that's a responsibility imparted to us by scripture, honoring 
those who are in higher positions of authority. Mm -hmm. That's responsibility given to the church. To be the pillar and support of the truth in any society, mm -hmm. that's responsibility given to the church. And, and so in, that, in, in those realms, we ought to be faithful citizens as well mm -hmm. as faithful you know, believers. Why would God, last thing here, why would um, God change in one epoch how he might deal with uh, a called out nation like Israel, Abraham's descendants, and then do something different in another biblical epoch, I'm calling it, mm. like the, the, yeah. the New Testament. Right. So in the, in the Old Testament, we're quoting this text. You just gave the context. Well, within this nation, it was under covenant, a theocracy. Right. If they really did this, then there would they would certainly find healing and peace yes. in the nation. But why would that change from one to the next? Well, because ultimately what, what God is doing is, is uh, about his redemptive plan for humanity and for all that he's made through the finished work of his son. Mm. And, and God's plan has progress to it. When you begin with the book of Genesis, you make your way to the book of Revelation, there's, there's a, an, an outworking of eternal decrees. And there is, and, and it's not all the same at the same time, there's progress to this. So there was a time, as I said, when God's primary means of disseminating truth was a nation. Mm. Now, the primary means, right now the time we're living in, the primary means of disseminating the truth is his church. The church is the pillar and support of the truth in the world, not Israel. So we've got to recognize, pay attention to, and believe what God has chosen to do different in time as well as what remains the same. Mm -hmm. We've got to recognize continuity and discontinuity as it is in Scripture mm -hmm. and embrace both of those things. And so ultimate healing in the New Testament for the New Testament church is the new heaven, new earth? Is that what the ultimate I mean, the healed, ultimate, healing? Yeah, the ultimate outcome, mm -hmm. outcome is the kingdom of Christ, mm -hmm. which I believe, we believe, is going to be here on earth. There's mm -hmm. a, a kingdom coming that Christ himself will usher in. Mm -hmm. And that's the ultimate outcome of the things that we long for. But until then, faithfulness as the Lord's church in the world in which he's put us. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Straight Truth Podcast. Now, Straight Truth is listener-supported. So if you'd like to find out ways how you can help us to continue to produce this podcast, you can go to our website and find out ways to do that, straighttruth.net. At that website, you'll also find links to all of our previous episodes and our social media channels, so be sure to check it out. Straight Truth is a production of Walking in Grace Ministries, the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Richard Caldwell. For more information, go to walkingingrace.org.